Hey everybody, and welcome to the Vodkant Show. I'm Tim, and I'm one of the organizers of the Vodkant Festival. I'm Kirsten, I'm the producer of this podcast. I'm Alex, I'm also working for Open Campus at Vatakant. Cool. What's the topic of this year's Vatakant Festival? Alex, you got that one? Yes, like always, we are dealing with the future and we want to find out what kind of future will bring to us and how we can prepare for our personal future, basically. And we do this while we're having certain topics and areas and we try to involve the people as much as we can. Where is it this year? Where can I find you? Yes, again, it's again at uh, MFG5. It's an old military hall where they kind of um, did tests, I think, with planes, basically. And it's directly close to the Kiel Channel in Holtenau. And it's very lovely because it's very an, an old abandoned hall. And right now there's nothing. It's quite cold and a lot of concrete. But as long or as soon as we have brought some love into it then it really become a marvelous place especially when we have the sun showing up <laughs> again because we always have the sun at Vatakan so this would be uh, quite lovely I guess yeah. it's great and we only actually need love the electricity yeah. and the water <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we don't need, it, it we don't need that yeah. <laughs> we just need love Yeah, it's <laughs> a lot of energy yeah. <laughs> love yeah. powered sound system Yeah. for people who don't know um, how can I get there Yeah, we have uh, certain ways to get there. We would, in any case, propose, please don't leave your car or please leave your car at home. Don't bring it because it's always troubling when a lot of people are bringing their cars. So we'll provide like a very good uh, system of uh, infrastructure. So we have we will have mobility plans. It's quite nice to ride with the bike outside of it. We have buses rolling over. There's a possibility to get the ferry, um, the ferry from the train station. You can zigzag over the further and then go off at Friedrichsort directly and just a couple of meters away. Plus, we will try to again organize like maybe like a motorboat shuttle who's getting the people directly in 20 minutes from the train station to MFG5. Yeah. And maybe some more. Yeah, of course. Facilities. Yeah. Specials. I mean, like, like, like if you've got to come by car, or you're coming from a distance, then like car sharing is really cool to do that. And yeah, and maybe we'll, um, we'll find a way to uh, ensure that the taxis know where they're going as well if you're doing that but yeah totally leave your cars at home if you can come by bike okay yeah is there still bike sharing in kiel it is and i think it will be uh becoming bigger but i think you found out something about yeah. it right? yeah there's a there's a firm called it's a share a bike share of no swap feats and yeah. it's uh and it's not so much a bike sharing as a um like a bike bike loan or a bike rental. So you just pay, it's like you pay a fixed fee every month, which I okay. think is 17 euros 50 for a bike, for a bicycle. And you just get your bicycle for that. And when something goes wrong with it, or you get a flat tire or whatever, you just give it back and they, they give you another one. And this is a really nice kind of product, I think. It's like leasing leasing for bikes, super cheap. And the bikes are really nice as well. It's actually a really nice kind of uh, bike that, that they've got. And they've got these blue, um, the, the front tires are blue, bright blue, so you can always spot these things. And we saw a bunch of them in Aarhus when we were there last week. But they are apparently launching in Kiel in April, and I believe they will be coming to the festival as well. So, And yeah. it's already a quite good topic because mobility will be one of our topics. 
just to figure out possible ways to get ourselves moved in the future and especially to think about the future without having so much cars because they are kind of um, polluting not only the cities but they also take a lot of space that we could use like in a more wise way and this way it should also Vatican should also provide us with different opportunities and possibilities how we can like move ourselves around yeah it's really nice to kind of like we we can come on to this with the zero waste topic but it's all it's also really nice to sort of try to prototype and demonstrate solutions to things like mobility problems kind of in a microcosm of the festival and uh, yeah definitely so we try to also um sort out what we have learned like throughout the past like in the past week to get to know the our future more and also like the future that we want to tackle at Vatican so right away Kirsten what have you learned like in the last week regarding Vatican like what what is what was your topic well I started to produce this podcast so um, I tried to find out the ways how I can upload it or maybe also to produce and edit it so um, I started with the open source software Audacity And it's quite easy to, well, in German we say cut. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and it was pretty easy to learn it because there are a lot of tutorials um, online. And for example, if, if the levels of the volume are too quiet or, or too loud, you can, you can edit it. And it's, it's a really nice way to, well, produce a podcast quite easy. Cool. Yeah. And also like not so much money that you need to spend to start with the podcast. No, it's right? just you just have to do it. Yeah. So how long does it take you or did it take you to cut the first episode? Well, um it depends because I tried to get in the process. So it took me like one hour to, to get in the program back again because I already work for a radio station, but we always have different editing software so um, you always have to do have to learn the new shortcuts and um, well organize your um, your keyboard so you can be a little bit quicker so if you have a little bit routine then it's quite easy so um, this time it was the first time I edited I well it took me like three hours and depends on how the sounds <laughs> yeah. are yeah. And maybe one last question like about podcasting. Why is a podcast a possible future of like communicating with each other? Why is it becoming so big right now? What what do you think? People are more and more um, on the road and they're always, well, they're always on the go. And um, a podcast is a really easy way to, well, get some new information while doing something different. For example, being in the kitchen cooking or maybe in the park or some somewhere else so you can always listen to something get new information while doing something doing something different so it's easier than sometimes um than watching netflix series or a big film and you get also the new information of a town or the topic you like it's mostly weekly produced so you get the information every week and It's a nice routine also to listen to it in the evening times. <laughs> and there are a lot of apps for helping you to get into it. Cool. Yeah. It's like basically to find a companion when you have like a nice podcast that you would like to listen to. And then you have maybe a companion to take with you whenever you need it, basically. Right. Yeah. You just press play and then yeah. your beloved people are around you. Yes. So that's yeah. quite nice. Yeah. I mean, I think it is what like kind of like if I can take the question as well, mm -hmm. but like sure. the, um, the, um, 
like it's kind of it's personal as well so it's more personal so like instead of rather than with radio where there are these figures which are kind of a little bit more distant and remote you can you can definitely get a bit closer to the people like you can be, make a more personal connection with people in podcasts because they may be people who are in your town or they're people who are talking about this, the stuff that you're genuinely interested in. I mean you can get really really into a into a topic with it so and this is kind yeah. of like more and more of a need for like getting connected personally to people and it's really it's a nicer way to do that yeah you have more kind of podcast icons now mm -hmm. because for example there's a blogger from hamburg and i usually read her blog but now she has also a podcast and um she has well special people to interview and um i i really personally like her so i also get to know some more people who could be my personal favorites mm -hmm. so I get a new idea of, of the network the person is mm -hmm. involved. Yeah, <laughs> so how is it called, the podcast? And the podcast is called Endlich Om. Ah. It's a German podcast of a mm -hmm. German blogger and she's kind of in her mid-30s and she has a family, but she lives in Hamburg and she tries to get involved in um, topics like sustainability or topics like meditation. And also uh, she's a speaker of Female Future Force. It's in Berlin. It's worth to listen to her because she's she's really down to earth. <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I will check it out. Yeah. yeah sounds good. Cool. Yeah. So c coming back to our topic, yeah. what have you learned about the future? Something about week? the future. Okay. I'll I'll do one thing. Yeah. I've got a few things on the list, but it, because I was in um, Copenhagen, I feel like I really actually kind of saw the future. You know, like it sort of it seems like it's like several years ahead, and you know, I got off the train at the train station. And there's all these people like zipping around on. The little, you know, electric scooters that they're renting with an app, and uh, this kind of thing, and it feels like a really kind of different place. But um, but one thing that was really interesting, I was so I was scouting for the Vatican. I was looking for speakers, and I was talking to a to a to some people in an agency called Bespoke, who are a futures design agency, and I was kind of like trying to get into their business model about how how do they get business and who are they who who are, who are their customers, and it turns out their customers like 60% of their customers are Japanese corporations. And I was like asking how how do you how do you get Japanese corporations? And and the, and the reason is because these Japanese corporations are actually so old. And it's their age that they're centuries old companies and so they have 100 year business plans. So they want to know what's going to happen in 100 years time. So they look for people who can actually help them discover that. And so these guys are out there doing these kind of designing future scenarios for centuries-old Japanese corporations for their 100 years business plans. And I think this is, I didn't learn anything about 100 years in the future, but I thought it was a really nice, I love this kind of long-term long, long -term thinking and trying to put yourself in, add in place out there. That was super cool. You know, in a time where everything's so quick, mm -hmm. it's it's kind of a very strange way <laughs> to do a business plan in such a long term. Yeah, and I know, and this is it's kind of like anti the modern thinking, which is like you know what, you just have to be totally agile and be ready to deal with what's coming around the corner, and things are changing so fast. And so at first, I thought I, w I had this kind of reaction, like is that does that work? And then I thought, well, you can still plan a hundred years ahead, but you have to be designing for continuous strategic evolution through those hundred years and these guys these guys were super smart and they had some lovely techniques and some really nice projects so i feel like these japanese corporations were in good hands yeah. it sounds good it, it's reminded me on a story that i've just read or a couple of stories that in game design there's a big 
new trend to kind of foresee the future because all kind of technical people like programmers and technicists or whatever it's called they are in need of stories about the future to get things that are introduced in the stories to make them happen later on because what we've learned throughout star trek and all this stuff all these devices uh, like mobile phones and so on they were coming from star trek basically and then programmers are a lot into this series and they had like at least a visualization and then they may try to make it possible but it was pretty crucial to have something already visual on to then make it a reality later on so it's really cool and also to to motivate people to think about a future and to do some storytelling around it because then then other people could get on it as well mm -hmm. and i think this mm -hmm. kind of future agency business might become really an interesting one mm -hmm. there's also a yeah, we're going to start one alex yes <laughs> yes sounds lovely definitely some new yeah. sideline yeah because <laughs> we've got lots of time for sidelines <laughs> perfectly so yeah. will you speak at vatican as well uh no no not yet because like we are more behind the scenes and we're checking out uh, which kind of great content uh, other people will deliver and we are mainly organizing the structures to make this happen but just tim is going to speak on the big stage mm -hmm. and is selling hello and inviting everybody to join the sessions yeah. yeah i might say something else as well actually so this is also something new from the future but you have something about the future first like tell me about something that happened to you this week Yes, there were actually uh, one big thing happening in the Sada Kitchen. There was a Zero Waste uh, Europe convention here in Kiel and it was organized by Marc and Marie de la Pellier. They were actually the founders of Unverpackt. And the, so Unverpackt at first was the first um, like plastic-free supermarket or let's say like normal market in, throughout Germany. Interesting enough, not original unverpackt in Berlin. They just claimed to be original, but basically Marie was first with her, his, with her uh, unverpackt store here. And so right now they try to get this momentum because her husband is in this zero waste um, organization and they founded a foundation here in Kiel. And now they are turning Kiel into the first zero waste city of Germany which is quite interesting. And right now they had a convention with all the different organizations throughout Europe and they had it here in the Sada Kitchen and they were also discussing what they could do at Vatakant because um, Marie and Marc are the curators for our zero waste area. And they're trying to find interesting people and projects to also make Vatakant as zero waste free as possible. And how do they want to turn Kiel zero waste? Um, yeah, they're actually negotiating with the city and I'm also not quite sure what does it mean exactly and what kind of approaches they have. But at least um, I think Kiel said they are going to go in this way, in this direction. And maybe then they just um, have now certain goals that they want to achieve year by year to get better and better and better. And maybe then they have um, some milestones where they've written down how much waste they wanted to re reduce in which kind of yeah time frame. So yeah. That's basically yeah. in my understanding. It's a, it's a kind of step by step. It's a multi-year, multi-step. It's a program rather than saying, okay, right, next year we're going to be zero waste. But this is what, and at the Vatican Festival, what we'll do is they're kind of running this area and we're going to 
organize the festival kind of in line and as a sort of be a flag ship and a flag bearer for this process to sort of show the city okay we're doing step one this year and then we can do this multi-step from year to year like sort of moving towards being the being the zero waste festival that in our hearts we want to be yeah uh, so actually how zero waste are you both of you <coughs> so far in your daily life yeah i'm i'm much more zero waste than i than than i used to be like i remember taking out a big bag of trash like <laughs> a couple of times a week <laughs> like like 10 15 years ago but like we're really trying to like making quite an effort um at home and like sort of really trying to just notice plastic at the point of purchase just really trying to notice plastic and with my kids as well and they're really good because once we've said to them we don't want to buy any plastic then when they see it they're like you know calling us out on the plastic in the uh in the shopping cart so so then, but what about cans? Because you, on your diet, you're eating a lot of, a lot of beans. Mm -hmm. So how do you get the beans? I get dried beans. Dried beans. And I, and I, uh, I cook them myself in a pressure cooker. No, that's because okay, the cans, so. the cans are terrible. Because the cans, they ship the ca empty cans from China really? to Italy. And then they put the beans in them. Really? <laughs> and then they ship them, and then they ship them to, yeah. Oh. So it's hugely wasteful. There are, there are shipping containers full of empty tin cans being shipped around the world it's crazy so cans are even worse than glass i don't know i haven't got the okay total i haven't got enough information to be able to make that judgment right now but cans are bad too yeah all all things are bad too all yeah. things you know every everything is kind of bad to a certain extent yeah. so yeah. so what about you have you already started in this direction or is yeah like i started as well but i well i try different stuff because i think It requires small steps and it's like not from one day to the other we can all be plastic free but at the moment i'm trying different toothbrushes with bamboos <laughs> and <laughs> i found one which is really great at the moment yeah. so i'm pretty is it happy the handle that's bamboo or the bristles the handle yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there are no. some kind of sticks which are just out of wood yeah and you just bite into it i Before we invented toothbrushes, we used to brush our teeth by getting a stick yeah, and I putting know. it in the ashes yeah, of the fire. Well, and I tried. We um, do that. And you tried And I tried just soap for for the hair. There's special soap. I tried to reduce plastic bottles mm -hmm. in the bathroom. And I also, when you go to the supermarket, a lot of stuff, um, which is also bio in german <laughs> and it's always in plastic yeah there are just a few supermarkets which are trying to get rid of the plastic for example with cucumbers mm -hmm. but you still will find a lot of vegetables like you get the plastic package and there's another plastic package in there and then you can <laughs> have yeah. the vegetable and yeah. you're like yeah. why <laughs> you don't yeah. need that what about you alex are you uh yeah i just said well, one yeah, more thing on. i just yeah. heard that they need to label it differently than the rest this ecological stuff and that's why they need to wrap it in plastic so that the consumer can see ah yeah this is ecological this is not yeah so but right they're experimenting with some laser cutting yeah, of this I view, of but i've never seen it in <laughs> laser, no. laser cutting it into a, into a banana <laughs> yeah 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 but i think <laughs> into it, a cucumber. It, it, it works on cucumbers already yeah. i've yeah. seen yeah. it but not just in reality you know i've just i've seen it on the internet yeah, nice. so i'm waiting for it basically yeah. 
Um, yeah, like in my daily life, I try to for sure uh, take Umtüten. This is this yeah. little team here, and when I get some bread and get some rolls and stuff, and um, and it looks I pretty nice as well. Definitely. These bags. Mm-hmm. especially produce. the ones with the Vatcan logos on yeah. which we <laughs> were giving away last year yeah, at the festival. <laughs> yeah yeah this is totally yeah this this is one and the other is i when i ever um have a glass of i don't know like a brotaufstrich whatever it is something that you put on your rolls mm-hmm. and also if i get some beans and so on it's in glass i try to um like wash the glass and try to reuse it but it turns out that now i have a lot of <laughs> empty glasses <laughs> but i don't know exactly what to do yeah. with it now so I need to figure out like a good way what to do with it now. Yeah. So if anybody has an idea, please come up with it. I have a lot of glass now. <laughs> so at least, but I'm now waiting for a reuse, like for a reason to re- reuse it. Yeah. And mm. yeah. Well, this, I mean, maybe this comes on to this other, like if I can do another point, right, about the future from Copenhagen. So I was speaking to, I met up with a couple of, um, a couple of chaos pilots who we know who came down to Kiel and they did a workshop for us what, a few what, weeks what ago. What are the chaos pilots? Chaos pilots, that's this, uh, hybrid business design school in Aarhus which sort of churns out uh, graduates who basically go on to do great kind of socially responsible projects in their lives a really really interesting place so we know quite a lot of them now we sort of have lots to do with them and I met up with a couple of these guys and they are working on a project with the city of Copenhagen where the city of Copenhagen has created this is gathering all of this, all of the trash that's reusable, all this recyclable stuff. And they're creating a kind of platform for people to then be able to come and use it. So it's kind of like, like you've got open data, it's open trash. So they're creating an open trash platform where people can come and then start to upcycle stuff like this. So it may be that they've got like a place for glass. So you would take, so all the glass that goes would then go into this open trash, open trash format. And there are people who need it maybe for like homemade paints yeah, or this yeah. kind of stuff yeah. or and then can start using that so it's about because this idea of like upcycling isn't super it isn't really efficient at scale so if it's lot if it, you can go out and you can find yourself like an old washing machine and you can rip the tub out of it and then turn the inner tub into like a coffee table or something like this but you're not <laughs> yeah. going to do this I think <laughs> it's really great but, <clears throat> but they're not really they, they're um you know it's not not everyone is going to be able to do that but one person could make 50 of those things in a week and then it becomes a kind of viable business. So the open trash is about right. kind of scaling up the raw materials for yeah. building, for, for upcycling or, you know, sensibly scaling the acquisition of raw materials for upcycling That's and brilliant. then giving people access to that kind of platform. And these guys are doing something around actually how do you then engage the community to actually come and start to use, to use this service. So then you could do like trash workshops, literally. Yeah. You have some materials and yeah. then you figure out like a reason and then you invite people to yeah. do something together. Yeah, we cool. do like a, like a trashathon, you know, like a hackathon. Yeah. <laughs> so you do like a hackathon with open trash. Yeah, nice. And you Sounds just get great. everyone to come yeah. with, their, with their tools yeah. and you get like, and then you just go nuts with power tools <laughs> yeah, and really trash. Nice. Yeah. yeah, lovely. Yeah. Cool. Seems yeah, cool. we need to start. Yeah. Note so to self, trash your trash. At least, but is, is there an initiative coming? Uh, from this trash thing or yeah they are going to they are going to they really want to come down to the Vatican and talk about what they're doing in their project because they're actually trying to go large and do something even bigger so they're looking into it and hopefully we'll see them at the festival this year pretty cool yeah do you have already some other headliners like 
at a music festival. <laughs> yeah, of course. We've got a number of headliners. Who's a headliner, headliner? Kathleen Berg is working at uh, Mozilla, um, the company of the foundation behind Firefox. And they are doing a lot of workshops and informational campaigns, how we can surf more safely throughout the internet. Because in Firefox, there are a couple of tricks you can do not to be followed by the big corporations you don't want to have inside of your data. Um, so she will talk about tips and tricks and we'll also arrange like a special workshop between her and um, Jan Philipp Albrecht, our Minister for Digitalization. And we're going to talk about um, if there's a way to protect our data, our complete data on our like laptops and uh, computers and so on, so that we can say to every program that we have run on our devices, if they are allowed to take our data or not. You can do it on your smartphone already. You can say which app should get the data and which app should not. But you can't do it like on your Mac and your Windows and all the other devices. So it would be nice to have something like a filter, like a physical device um, that you will set up before you go, like before you reach the Internet. Mm -hmm. And on this device, you can set these filters, what kind of data should go out and what not. So this is something that Tim Berners-Lee has um, already imagined himself like for the future of the internet to make it a little bit more private and not everything should go and should belong to the big five corporations from Silicon Valley. And we're going to talk about it and maybe we'll do something already like an action plan. How could we make it happen? Because it turns out that one of our colleague, Matthias, um, has written like his um, master thesis about it like two or three years ago so it's quite funny that right now Tim Berners-Lee is proposing it and maybe we can then have a good discussion about it yeah so this could be quite cool mm. I guess there's also the question what we can do about the fact that for example Facebook or one of the big five companies in Silicon Valley say well you can have all these options but if you use our um our website you have to agree with our terms so there's not really a choice to have a filter i'm not really sure how it should work with mozilla firefox but i'm really curious now <laughs> how yeah, it at, at least like with mozilla, mozilla firefox i'm using it personally you can have something like um, a tab container so this means like whenever i'm having a new tab open then i can make a container around it that this program that you have run and this tab could not follow you throughout your whole browser history because what you do normally when you um, like have Facebook in one tab and then you have a Google search on the other and you have like something like Zeit magazine in the third then Google knows also what you're doing in the other tabs but if you have this Mozilla container then you just say it directly no f Facebook you're not allowed to leave this container and I can surf more free and secure throughout the other tabs mm. so this is like a small step but at least it will bring you more privacy. Yeah. It's like having a, a different tin for the different cookies. Yeah, right? definitely. And you're yeah. just putting a few cookies in one tin yeah. and the rest of the cookies in the other tin. Yeah. So Facebook's cookie is only in the uh, okay. exactly. bad exactly. <laughs> bad desktop platform cookie yeah, tin. At least, yeah. And they, they manage it to do these containers quite 
quite specific on the reason you would like to use this. For instance, you have also like a banking container, you have something like a free time container where you can see what Netflix and stuff. And um, you always can be sure that they are not able to reach out of this special mm. containers for them. So, <laughs> do you, yeah. do you like <laughs> type in a link in the wrong container and then I don't know. Yeah, but at least it's a start and you, it yeah. gives at least me a good feeling. I still don't know exactly what might get out of it, but I think it's a um, good way in the right direction and also not to use Chrome for everything. Um, yeah, just to give Google not more space than they have or yeah. have already, already throughout the browsers and stuff. And I like that Mozilla is a foundation, basically. So still need they need to finance themselves, but I think they don't need to have such an aggressive business model than the big five actually have. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and I also like to get norm audit and how to like support maybe the Mozilla Foundation and maybe to go to Berlin to watch their headquarters because they have one in Berlin. And mm -hmm. I think I'm pretty much looking forward because also Kathleen in our talks before, she's, she seems to be really nice. And she's also do a lot of advising throughout Germany and different levels of uh, government, corporations and society in general to talk about mm -hmm. this topic. Yeah. Sounds nice. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. What else did you find out in Copenhagen? Well, it's, I guess there's kind of like this something that's quite clear is like like distinct between the difference between Germany and in and in Denmark is how people are much less worried about this kind of thing. So like about the idea of like how data and but particularly around money. So in Germany, it's still a very cash oriented sort of society, whereas in Denmark, um, they are using their cards all the time and also using mobile pay, which yeah. is this um, phone based payment service and in fact if you actually have cash on you I was talking to some people about this if you actually have cash on you it's because you're going to be buying something you're not supposed to be buying right that's the only reason to carry cash really is to uh, oh, is to yeah. make a small transaction on a Friday night on a, on a dark street so um, but but one of the people that I met with is actually the design lead for mobile pay so for the for the app of mobile pay and this is installed on I think 90% of 98% of smartphones in Denmark, and now and now, or ninety eight percent of all the adults use mobile pay to pay mm -hmm. for stuff. So it's a huge app, and she's the head of the design for the app. So how this app works is extremely important, and she's going to come down to the festival. That's Amelia Mollenbach. Cool. And she'll, I mean, she actually can talk about a lot of different subjects. And we talked for an hour and hour and a half on something on a wide range of things, but the. Things around the user experience and how to make really make it work and how to make this kind of like simple but not too simple that it loses its functionality is, is really important. But she also has a lot to say about these ideas about what we're doing with ourselves in terms of um, giving away our information or getting you know our, our digital lives and how we're doing this and a lot a lot to say about education as well, a lot to say about a lot of things. So what we're actually going to do, I think, is do a um, is do some kind of Q&A. With her? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. Because... Yeah. 
because I was wondering just today I was in a cafe, Cafe Mumpets at, at the Afar, which is quite nice. And we were talking about possibilities to pay there without cash. And she does not provide it because she does not like it, because she thinks it's more personal. You look each other more in the eyes to have the cash and the coins. And also this idea of not being traceable everywhere you are, because you for sure you will leave like data traces whenever you need something like a mobile payment system and Apple Pay or whatever. So yeah, it's really, I think, a great discussion, a lot of um, talking points around it So yeah. to measure up. Because always, for sure, if you don't have any cash without you and you are not allowed to pay like for a coffee or you cannot do it, then it's a problem. But I also would, would not like a future where just mobile pay is possible and there's no possibility yeah. of cash anymore. So, But I think that's a thing of Germany. Germans like to pay cash. <laughs> so... <laughs> I think when you when you come to Copenhagen or you go to Sweden or Norway, well, even the bus drivers or um, well, in a club or at a bar, you always pay with your credit card. Mm -hmm. In Germany, it wouldn't be imaginable. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I I mean I'm kind of like I mean I come from London, so in London it was pretty much card payments like there as well, and so I was very used to just using my card all the time, and I'm kind of like not precious about that using cash instead of cards i like to if i can just tap my card on a thing and i'm good yeah. and i'm not really possibly thinking through the consequences but or yeah yeah i think that there are just some um that there were some events in history where you th keep thinking oh my god how much power do this company ha have be when you remember this whole wiki leaks thing that mm -hmm. there was a discussion about julian assange And at certain point, he was like plead guilty from Mastercard from the company, and so they were not allowing any money more to go on his bank account. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I, it's it's not at my perspective to say if he's guilty or not, but I also do think that not a company of of a credit card should be able to like have this power to make this decision you know to say if something is allowed to take any more money or not mm -hmm. and so i i don't know i think it's credible i think we have like something like a law system and they should judge and not like private corporations mm -hmm. on stuff like this yeah and this is interesting this idea about where the jurisdictions lie in this kind of like age of technology when country like national borders are becoming less relevant because there are these corporations who are actually overlapping and more powerful than the countries themselves. So who has this power of jurisdiction over over things that in the past would definitely have been national-based, centrally controlled? Yeah, it's not there anymore. In some, in some ways, this is a great thing, right? But, definitely, yeah. yeah. But this means that yeah, also we need to adapt to it, and yeah, there's definitely a lot of room for discussion yeah, around yeah. it. So yeah, <laughs> and, and and design, right? The room yeah. for design for designing the future to make it work the way we want it to work. Yeah, yeah. correct. Nice. So maybe then, do we have something more at least one final goodie? Okay, I have an idea. Because right now, just the Wirtschaftsministerium proposed that they will have something like a competition where startups can enroll themselves to win a three-month stay at a big accelerator program in Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. And 
I would like to give more information about it next week about this, how startups can apply, what we do around startups and how we set up all this startup area thing at Vatikant. Mm -hmm. And also then talk a little bit about our partners, uh, what kind of startups we'd like to have, who we have already invited and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah sounds good. And that's quite a lot of stuff, but... Definitely. We're doing longer shows these yeah. days. So <laughs> the show yeah. the show is getting longer. We will have a cap, right? Like yeah. every week it'll get a little bit longer and then and then one day we'll say, right, no. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we, we turn it off, we'll stop recording. Before we finish today, we should just mention that for those of you who are still with us, that the Vatican Festival is on the thirteenth and fourteenth of June two thousand nineteen in Kiel and but it's Early. not, not Kieler Woche, right? But it's not no. Kieler Woche. No, definitely. it is definitely it's not Kieler. Yeah. Definitely not Kieler Woche. It's one week, one whole week before the beginning of the Kieler Woche. And early bird tickets are on sale now at vatkant.sh. That's W-A-T-E-R-K-A-N-T dot S-H. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Great. Bye. Ahoy. Bye.